Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast. I'm Joe Webb, and this is a podcast for spiritual exiles, for all of us who are looking for faith and spirituality beyond the confines and the fences of institutional religion. If you're a regular listener, you will notice that I'm on my own for this episode. Uh, my good friend and co-host Brandon Wood was not able to join us for uh, for this episode, um, and it's a good one. Our, our guest is Chris Wiley. I'm going to um, introduce you to Chris here in just a minute, but before we get to that, I just wanted to let you all know that um, if if you're interested in more uh, about you know this this whole deconstruction journey that a lot of us are going through and, and how that kind of fits into rebuilding some kind of spirituality, um, if you go over to the Accidental Tomatoes website, not only will you find every episode of the podcast there, uh, but every other week we have a new blog post from one of a very um, talented team of writers, which includes Jenny Williams and Heather Moore and Brad Davis, as well as some things that I write in there from time to time. And, uh, and, and we're just, you know, trying to put this content out to help us kind of see where we fit in the bigger picture of things. So it's not just about, you know, church world and, and the things that, that kind of tick us off about that, but it's about how we try to be people who are seeking justice and reconciliation and um, liberation in, in the world. So just go over to accidentaltomatoes.com where you can find uh, all of that weekly content that comes out there. Um, it's, it's, pretty good stuff, and we hope that you'll connect there. And uh, as always, if you find our work meaningful, we would invite you to donate uh, through our Patreon platform, where your ongoing support helps us to offset some of the expenses that go along with producing a high-quality podcast like Accidental Tomatoes. Just go to patreon.com slash accidentaltomatoes to learn more about that. Our guest for this episode uh, may be familiar to you if you've been around for a while, and if not, you're really going to enjoy meeting my good friend, Chris Wiley. Um, Chris has been a, a strong advocate in the disability community for a long, long time. Um, he is, uh, he, his last appearance here on the podcast, he talked uh, about ableism and kind of all of the ways that that shows up in our lives in, in a lot of ways that a lot of us don't even recognize. Um, Chris has, be again, become a, a really good friend um, and a, a trusted confidant and a voice that that I want to pay attention to. So Chris has um, a new project out that he's going to talk about called Rolling Nation. It's an album that he has produced during pandemic, no less. Um, and and part of the project is not just, you know, to put music out in the world, although that's a, an important thing, but it's also helping um, a cause that, that Chris and his wife, Janelle, have created to help folks uh, who need to to buy um, wheelchair accessible vans to help them purchase the equipment that that goes towards you know making those vehicles accessible for them? And so Chris is going to unpack a lot of uh, what that means and why that's so important um, as as an issue of justice and liberation as we go forward. Um, so while we miss Brandon on this episode, I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation with Chris. So please give a warm accidental tomatoes welcome to my good friend. Chris Wiley. Bringing fire is just about that, about justice issues, about, in my case, disability, about being excluded. And again, as you said, Joe, it's that uh, build me a ramp or I'll burn you to the ground. I'm bringing fire. 
Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome uh, to another episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast. And if you've been around for a while, our guest today is going to be uh, a familiar voice to you. Um, Reverend Chris Wiley is back with us again. Chris was with us back in episode two. We had a really interesting conversation around the topic of ableism. Uh, and Chris, you've got a really uh, cool project going on that I wanted to give you a chance to talk about. But before we get to that, um, just how about a little brief uh, background and bio for the folks who maybe didn't hear you uh, the last time you were here on the podcast? Thanks, Joe. Uh, it's great to be here with you again. Uh, got a lot of stuff going on, as you mentioned. I'm Reverend Chris Wiley, a.k.a. DJ Pastorock. DJ uh, Pastor Rock, man, is, is is there a special like ordained ordained stole that you get to wear if you're you know a, a pastor and a DJ? <laughs> if there isn't, there should be. There should be. Let's so, let's get somebody on designing that for you, man. <laughs> we'll work on that after. But for now, uh, I mentioned that because again, I'm an ordained elder, United Methodist elder up here in Upper New York Conference, and Joe, you and I connected through some new faith community work right, and right. some some faith plant church plant stuff and so i'm disabled uh, as as uh joe i think you mentioned but i talked about a lot before the last time i was on the podcast and disability theology i'm a wheelchair user i have cerebral palsy and uh so i had to leave uh church, local church pastoring uh, for physical limitation re reasons and otherwise, but uh, found my my way into some new faith community work, and that's where we met. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's been it's been a pretty cool ride. And you've um you've been a part of um of our new wineskins community, that's sort of the faith community that I um kind of founded here a while back. But uh, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but I'm really interested in hearing about this this project. That you're working on, you you mentioned you know that you you had to leave um, work in the local church uh, because of some accessibility issues, and we've had you know in the in the last podcast we talked about you know the kind of the justice issues related um, to disability and and to ableism and things like that, but but that kind of sparked um, sparked a, a really cool project that you're working on now, uh, this Rolling Nation project. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, Rolling Nation. So. Um... One of the things that led up to me leaving local church pastoring was, again, my increased physical limitations. I have cerebral palsy, as I mentioned, but but I, I was always able to walk and get around and stuff like that. And then in December 2015, right after Christmas, I had knee replacement surgery. I was losing my mobility and I needed a knee replacement and I had planned to come back after right around Easter. That's why I timed it that way. And I, I never was able to make it back because I actually lost mobility. Now, I learned a lot out of that experience. And one of the things I learned, because you don't see things until you see them. Right, right. I learned, yeah. So I learned my house isn't accessible and my vehicle wasn't accessible and all kinds of other things. I mean, I knew the world was pretty inaccessible and I was able to navigate and fit in and do my best around that and, and call Joe, as you said, it's a justice issue 
call out the injustice and the exclusion that goes on in churches and elsewhere because of this. But for me personally, I really, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, yeah. again, I got home and I couldn't, uh, couldn't get out of my house. Like they got me in, but I couldn't get out. And uh, because I didn't have a ramp and I had to go to the doctors and things like that. And there are some ways, some services for that, but those are a mess, quite frankly, like those are so difficult to navigate and, mm -hmm. and you need to have uh, just all kinds of things in place or it's so expensive and just a lot of issues. So, you, but you need to get there, right? Like if you, I mean, Joe, you get in your car and you go wherever you go, probably right. every day or yeah. whenever you go out, but I couldn't do that. So one of the things that I learned about real quick was accessibility and transportation. And in particular, I needed uh, a wheelchair van because I can't walk anymore. I'm a full-time wheelchair user. I could walk a little bit. I used a wheelchair sometimes. Now that's all off the table. Mm. And um, so we did what we had to do for a while. And Janelle used to kind of, my wife Janelle used to kind of boost me into the van and and I'm a big guy. He can't see me, but I'm a big guy. And she got hurt doing that one day. And we we knew right then that we had to do something else. So I went to look into wheelchair vans. And of course, the cost of the vehicle itself is expensive. And yeah. everybody knows that. We all know that and live with that in that reality. But there's also the adaption to the vehicle which is where the disability stuff comes in. And not only is that expensive, mine cost $14,000. And Joe, we have a mutual friend who said that she always figures when she needs a van that it's like double the cost for her adaptions. Right. Um, so I actually got off lucky, but to throw $14,000 onto the cost of the already existing van, you know, was just insurmountable or looking for things that have hundreds of thousands of miles on them that you don't know if they're going to be reliable. And yeah. I looked at one that was used and the tie downs were all broken and stuff, and it would have been dangerous to be in. So I, I went the route where I had to get the new van, but you can't finance the adaptions. You can finance the, the van with credit and money. And of course, of course that's privilege. And there's a lot of other issues, justice issues that are involved in that. Sure. But, yeah. but, um, the adaptions, there's just no, there's no good way of doing it. That, mostly. You know, that just blows my mind. The first time you told me that, like, I just had one of those, just shake my damn head moments. Cause you know, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars. Um, <clears throat> the vast majority of people don't have that laying around in cash to lay out. Right. I mean, you know, most of us finance our vehicles, for, you know, five or six or seven years anymore is pretty typical, you know, um, vehicle loan. Um, and the fact that you can't finance, you know, the, the, the wheelchair equipment that costs, like you said, you know, in some cases, as much as the vehicle itself, um, that you're expected to be able to lay out cash for that rather than go get a loan for it just blew my mind. And again, like it, from a justice standpoint, from a fairness standpoint, 
it's just, it's just such BS, man. Um, so that clearly the, you know, that, that motivated you to do something about it. Right. Yeah. So even if you can, there are, you know, there are some ways, like if you're a veteran, there are some ways to be able to do it, but I'm not a veteran. So I didn't have that available to me. So, and so there are can, loans, but they're just not highly accessible. And, Is that what and you're saying? You, yeah. Right. You can try to go through the state or something or your state, wherever you are and, or, you know, Medicare, but that's a disaster and it can take years and then you still get turned down and stuff. And, and like, you don't have years, you need to be able to get where you need to be able to get when you need to be able to get there. Right. Yeah. 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 And I can't take an Uber. Like I can't just call somebody and say, Hey, pick me up, you know? And, um, so, so yeah. So I knew right then I, I was only able to do it because a lot of friends kicked in and helped me. And, and by the way, a lot of the places that do say they finance the adaptions, like the, like the main dealer of disability vehicles, one of the things on their site says right there, here's some ideas for crowdfunding. So that's like, that's the system. So I, but I was able to crowdfund and get the help that I needed, but I knew right then that, that again, that was privilege and that I know a lot of extraordinary people and, and, uh, I, but I wanted to help. So I uh, started uh, a campaign that goes along with my music that we'll talk about called rolling nation. And basically we're turning it into a foundation to be able to give people grants for for wheelchair vans that's amazing that's amazing and i and i love and and i know you want to talk about the music some um and that was you know i think i think when you and i first met you know that was one of our early conversations was you know your your kind of side hustle as a musician and your you at the time um you were talking about like wanting to write an album wanting to record an album and it's just to me it's really cool because i've i've kind of had a front row seat you know to to watching this whole thing unfold um, how you were able to to take your passion for music and your passion to help people um, overcome this this massive uh, injustice and kind of marry those things together. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Well, that's right, Joe. They, you know, I connected the two right before the pandemic. I I actually went to two different shows, and one of them was a music is a musician name is Sam Baker and, and he's, um, disabled and, and he's also really kind. And I met him at his show and during one of the breaks we were talking and I was talking about how I have these musical ideas in my head and I have for years. I mean, I'm a middle-aged guy and these ideas didn't just spring up out of nowhere. I've wanted to do this for years and years, but I didn't know how to do it. So he gave me some ideas about how to use technology and things to be able to record and express the musical ideas. And then, and then I met another friend who uh, was opening up for a band called the Aquabats and, uh, and, uh, named MC Lars and, and Lars kind of encouraged me 
to write what I know, like to, he does this amazing freestyle. And I went up to him and said, you know, I I'm a musician and I can songwrite a little bit, but I don't think I could do that. And he said, sure. You can write what, you know, mm-hmm. so we stuck up, struck up a friendship and I explored technology and I wrote a bunch of songs for the first time in my life that I actually took from being ideas in my head to fully formed produced songs. And, and now I have this album called rolling nation, which is actually the name of the foundation too. So we put it all together and I'm taking the proceeds from my music, from the album. And I'm putting those proceeds back into this foundation to be able to give wheelchair van grants. And that's just, if you want to learn more, that's at rollingnation.net. Yeah. It's, it's so amazing. And, um, and, and Deb, we'll have a, we'll definitely have a link um, to the website and to the um, fundraising page in the show notes for this episode. If folks want to check it out and get involved, but um, I, and I love, you know, you again, because, because I have the benefit of being uh, a friend of yours, uh, I kind of got a little bit of a preview into the music and it's just, it's not only is it really good music, it's fun to listen to. Um, but it's, it's so, um, the, the meaning is so deep because you do write so authentically from your own personal experience. Um, and, and every song has a little bit of that in it. Um, and, and one of the favorite, one of my favorite things about that is because I know my friend Chris is kind of a smart ass. <laughs> like some of that snark works its way into your songs. And, um, you know, you, you've got a lyric in one of the songs that says, build me a ramp or I'll burn you to the ground. And I'm like, that's, that's an anthem right, <laughs> for our times. Yeah. That's, that's actually the opening track to the album, a song called bring fire and bringing fire is just about that, about justice issues, about, in my case, disability, about being excluded. And, and again, as you said, Joe, it's that, uh, build me a ramp or I'll burn you to the ground. I'm bringing fire. And, you know, that particular song is a, a rap song. There's four raps and, and then six singing songs. And then there's one acapella kind of West Virginia holler, sort of Ralph yeah. Stanley kind of. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very roots musicy kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such good stuff, and and I like, I really like how, especially um, you know, in Bringing Fire, where th- like that metaphor for um, for all of us, not just for folks in the disability community, but for all of us um, who just we really need to wake up to the reality of what other people are having to go through, and. And, you know, for a long time, um, you know, to paint with a really broad brush for a long time, like white America, especially has been able to sort of bury our collective heads in the sand when it comes to things like accessibility. Right. And, um, because we just, it's always someone else's problem. Somebody else is dealing with, like, we know it's not right, but we've never really been motivated to do anything about it. And that might be one of the things that at least I can only speak for myself, but you know, this time of pandemic um, where you have a lot more time for self-reflection and you get to, to create relationships with people who might not be in your normal, like proximity circles. Um, you know, once it's one of those things that like, once you see it, you can't 
not see it anymore. Right. And that's, to me, that, that was the message of, of bringing fire and the, you know, the whole album in general really kind of speaks to that. Like it, you know, this, this is a real issue for real people that matters in the world. Right. And, and it's not something we can just sort of wish wasn't there or pretend it doesn't happen. You know, we, we need to awaken, um, to that fire that's burning out there. Right. You, you threw a lot at me there. So I try to, <laughs> I, t- I try to narrow it down and answer at least part, talk about at least part I, of that. I was trying not to turn it into a sermon. That's my tendency sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it goes back to what I said right at the beginning, even for me. And I've been a disability advocate for years, years and years. I mean, this is my, this is my jam. This is a big part of my call. But you don't see what you don't see. Again, right, like this, right. my experience wasn't my experience before wasn't my experience now. Yeah. So my experience now is different. And I didn't know that you couldn't finance wheelchair van adaptions. I had no idea because I didn't live it. Hey friends, sorry to interrupt the conversation, but just wanted to jump in with a quick reminder that if you appreciate the work we do here at Accidental Tomatoes and it's something you'd like to support, you can do that through our Patreon giving platform. Just go to patreon.com slash Accidental Tomatoes to find out how you can get involved. And now back to the podcast. I will say one thing that I think you touched on that's so important. Um, and I think this is reflected in the album too, is relationships, right? Like if you want to exclude anybody, if you want to push anybody from the margin out onto the margins outside the circle of love, um, go out and meet more people. Yeah. Like your experience is not going to be my experience, but that's why meeting more people is so important because ideas go from abstract too personal you know you might say well i know chris and i love chris or i might say i know joe and i love joe so i want to do something about this you know and so that's that's how it works and really that's in the album too like it's the album's about justice and really i would say if the message of the album is that looking for the hope that love is bigger in spite of the world that we often see or in spite of what we see in the world around us mm-hmm. and, and, and just joining with it. So that's kind of the arc of the album. It starts with bringing fire. And then at the end, uh, remember love's ways, because that's something that's so important for me is, um, that's a song. Remember love's ways is, mm-hmm. is the last one before the prayer that I mentioned. And, uh, that's so important to hold on to that. I believe love is bigger than, than all these other things. When everything else is gone, it's love that stays. That's a, that's a line in that song. And really that's just first Corinthians 13, you know, and, yeah, uh, yeah. but that's really core to, my theology and to me as a person. And again, that's all in the album there too. Yeah. And I, I, and I really, you know, what you just said, I think um, really bears uh, some focus and, and some, some deep thought that, you know, if, if we want, 
if we want to claim to be um, people who are concerned about justice, I don't, I don't know that you can do that without creating authentic relationships. Um, you know, I mean, it's one thing, and I, I think we can all be concerned about things that are going on in the world that we're not directly affected by. Like, I, you know, I, I think that's possible. For sure. Um, but, but I think it's in the context of relationships um, that we really, that that fire, like you say, kind of gets lit under us that, um, you know, the, the, the more we love people and the more people we love, I think the more motivated we, we have to become um, towards making a more equitable world for us all. Right. Well, that's biblical too, right? Like, I mean, in a couple different spots in scripture, you know, it, it says like, what's the big deal about loving people who are like you? Yeah. Anybody, everybody does that. So again, you know, that's why, again, expanding the circle, expanding your personal circle, because I don't think that it's generally malicious. I do think sometimes in our world, there are people who intentionally want to exclude, exclude others. And that's a justice issue. Yeah. But then there's a whole bunch of other folks like us. We don't, we don't want to exclude people. We want to love them, but we don't know them. Yeah. So we yeah. have to go out and meet them. It's easy, Joe, you and I, you know, we're about the same age. We both have white in our beard and, and stuff. And we're, we're middle-aged white guys, right? Mm -hmm. But go out and meet people who aren't like us yeah, because yeah. that's where you're going to find the how issues impact other people. But more than even that, just be able to come alongside them and be with them and be with each other. Like that's, to me, that's what faith's all about. Yeah. I, I think you just summed up to a lot of what, you know, folks who listen to this podcast who, who might be, um, you know, in, in some kind of deconstruction or have experienced some kind of deconstruction. Um, I think that's what a lot of us have found lacking in the institutional church, right? Is, um, a, a lack of concern for, again, it's not malicious, like you said, but it's sort of a, it's sort of an apathetic approach to justice. Like if I don't see it, if it doesn't affect me, then it's somebody else's problem. It's not that I'm unconcerned about it, but I'm not going to actively concern myself with it. And I think that's what a lot of us have kind of, you know, kind of seen in, in the institutional church that said, we've got to do better, right? We've got to do better than that. And I think you're, you're a hundred percent right that that starts with getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of meeting people who aren't like you. And then, and then two, <clears throat> not going into those relationships with that agenda of I I'm, I'm the knight on the white horse here right. to solve all your problems. It's to go into those relationships with kind of a humble attitude to say, what can I learn from you? What is your experience? You know, to listen to people, to believe people's stories, right? Rather than even, filtering them through our our lens of privilege or whatever, right? Even then, just like just getting to know people, you'll hear the stories. Just know yeah, them. Yeah. Just just be with them. Like I'm not here to save anybody. You know, you know, Joe. Right. I I often quote the priest from the movie Rudy. You know where. Rudy asks him if, when he's trying to make the football team, if they, if he's done everything he can. And he says, 
son, in all my years of theological education and study, I have only learned two hard and controvertible facts. There's a God and I'm not him. <laughs> right now. I don't gender God necessarily, but the point remains is that yeah, yeah. I'm not here to save anybody. I just, I just hope to be with them and they with me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's remarkable it. what happened if we, when we start to set our agendas aside like that, you know, and really authentically enter into relationships with people like that to me, that's where the magic happens, right? That's where, that's where grace comes alive, right? That's where, that's where our theology gets arms and legs, right? That it's not just this conceptual stuff, you know, that we like to, to argue about and talk about and teach about or whatever, but, um, that, you know, it's, it's where the rubber meets the road, right? It's where, and I, I think, you know, that's why I, despite all of my issues with, you know, organized religion and the institutional church, I, I, I always say I still remain thoroughly Wesleyan theologically because John Wesley for, for all of his issues and they are legion, um, was first and foremost, a practical theologian, right? What, what does love look like? What does grace look like when it shows up in the everyday lives of everyday people, right? And not not just this sort of systematic, theoretical, you know. Yeah. The, uh, it's, you know, what is it? How how does grace show up in the lives of everyday people? And how how can we become conduits of that grace, you know, for other folks? Hands and hearts. Yeah. Vines yeah. And, the vine and branches, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a great um, metaphor. That's why right, I got it John tattooed Fitt- all over my right arm. <laughs> well, there you go, right? Yeah. But like. But vine and branches, John 15, right? Like, like love flows back and forth. Where does one begin and the other end? Yeah. If I'm living faithfully, hopefully that line is blurry because I just want people to see me and see love. That's how I became a person of faith was I met somebody who lived differently than me and i wanted to know her and Mm -hmm. she didn't have an agenda she just was who she was and i was who i am and we know each other and love each other and that's all that's that's what it is right yeah yeah that what something you just said just reminded me of a a conversation we were having in our um the faith community that we both belong to the other night we have we have an online um faith community called new wineskins. And we, we were talking about that notion that um, we, we were kind of having this conversation about like miracles and what they are and what they aren't. And, um, but, but somebody said something and I, I don't remember if it was you or somebody else kind of mentioned something that kind of gave me this thought that, um, you know, a lot of what we want to attribute to, to being supernatural or beyond the laws of nature is really just where love blurs the lines, right? Between the the regular and the mundane and the supernatural, right? And I think I think that's one of the things that we don't I think it's because we think of love too small, right? I think we still tend to think of love as an emotional exchange between people. And we don't think of it as sort of the creative force that it really is, right? The, yeah, well, the, the English force. language will do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a but- big that's a big part of the problem. But more than that, I think we put we put God or universal love. That's how I define God. Yeah, yeah. For people who are less 
faith oriented than me. Like mm-hmm. all I'm talking about is uni- the, uh, the power of universal love. And, yeah. you know, we put, we put love in a box because we see it through our lens. Right. But love is so much bigger than that. And I don't know where things start and stop. I, I know love is bigger than me. Yeah. And again, if I'm doing it right, if I'm living right, then I get to join with it and beautiful things happen. And that is the story of Joe, our relationship. And yeah, that's yeah. the story of me and, you know, helping people with the wheelchair vans. And that's the story of the music. The reason I told you about those folks who I know and my friends, Jill and Duff, who worked on the album with me too, is, is that, you know, the sum is greater than the parts, right? Like, like, yeah, love is bigger and, and things move how they move. And, but we can join with that somewhere along the way. And when we do that, beautiful things happen. And that's Mm. the record. Yeah. I had a, I had a professor in seminary. I think it was for a a Wesleyan theology class who said, um, I, I think it was this definition of grace that he said, grace is love devoid of self-interest and i i I was like he this was also the guy he was like you know the 77 year old emeritus professor that could say whatever the hell he wanted because he was also the guy that walked into class the first day and said jesus was a socialist and so am i (laughs) and you know and i'm i'm in this room in central kentucky where everybody's jaw hits the ground as soon as he says but i love that definition you know grace is love devoid of self-interest right it's always giving it's always sacrificial um and i think that's that's kind of what we're talking about right when when you talk about universal love um and and it doesn't have yeah and it doesn't have an agenda exactly yeah wants to do is bring people from the margins into the circle right yeah but to kind of let so to, to kind of circle back though um we do have an agenda and that's to talk about you know um how how folks are going to benefit from this rolling nations project and i want to make sure our listeners know you know how they can participate in this so um so you've got the website you've got the gofundme page um and and so you're in the sort of the pre-sale phase yeah. of of yep. the of the album um so to tell folks you know how how they can participate what they get you know with the music um and and then how the, how is that going to benefit the grant program then well the <coughs> the website will take you to the gofundme if you if you, you want to get there right the website will tell you everything you know, need to know so rollingnation.net yeah get you right rollingnation.net net for network so gotcha you know rollingnation.net will take you there it'll tell you a little bit about what we're doing and uh, the short version of that is that um as joe you said and i think i said earlier is that i'm i'm giving away my album so people contribute to the fundraiser that then is going to go directly and entirely to a, to grants to help people get wheelchair vans. So whether you just want to help, whether you're interested in the music, and I hope it's both, like you can find it, you can find it all there. I'm just following my heart and giving, giving what I can 
to help people embrace it. And so far they have embraced it, but the more people that, that join rolling nation as, as we call it, the more people that join rolling nation, the, the more people we can help. And it, yeah. it's just that simple because again, anything anybody contributes, you'll get some music, you know, there's different giving levels, but for as little as 10 bucks, you'll get a, a MP3 downloaded digital album and uh, which comes with, you know, all the stuff it'll, it'll give you the cover, the front cover and back cover and the liner notes and all the songs and everything that you can download and have and share and do whatever you want. And, uh, but again, for 10 bucks and then it goes up from there um, at different levels, but the more people that, that jump on, the more people we can help. And it's just, again, just that simple. Well, it's really, it's really awesome. It's really exciting. Um, I, I, I'm, I've been, you know, really excited that our faith community, uh, New Wineskins has been able to, to kind of partner with you a little bit on that and, and to kind of help um, push things forward a little bit. But I think, um, I just think it's a, a, a great thing for folks who are, again, concerned about justice issues of this type um, it's a great way to get involved. And like we said, you get some really cool music um, yeah. to go along with it. So yeah. Great music, great cause. What's not to love. I know. Right. That's, right. Like I, I say that over and over again. Now, like, now you just like, as we're recording this, you just released the first video right from the album. I did. Yeah. For bringing fire. So is that, is that on the website now where folks can go take a look at that? And so you get a little bit of a preview or. It will be by the time this podcast comes out. <laughs> I wasn't. I, I knew you released it, but I wasn't sure if you just released it on so, social media. No, or, that's on my YouTube channel. But on I'll the have, YouTube channel, okay, okay. But but I'll have because the video. So I'll yeah, have yeah, yeah. I'll have a link tree on my website oh, that'll yeah, take yeah. you wherever you need to go. There you to get go. in touch with me to find out more because if you want to know more, you know, send information. If you want me to come and talk about what I'm doing, you know, uh, when it's safe to do so. But if you want to do that virtually or, or have me anywhere else, podcasts or in community or wherever I want to, you know, has that, like I'll have one, st one stop shopping. If there you, you go. Rollingnation.net uh, folks. That's the place yep. to go to find out all about it. Chris, thanks so much, man. It's uh, I always enjoy, you know, uh, folks who are, are, are listeners to the podcast don't, don't get to know you like I do, but, um, you know, you and I get to talk, you know, at least a couple of times a week and it's always a joy, but it's especially cool when we get to do it in this kind of format where we get to, you know, kind of share this kind of story with, with folks out there in the accidental tomatoes community. So, man, I'm, I'm so grateful for you, grateful for your friendship, um, and, and grateful for the work that you're doing, um, that, that's making such a, a massive difference in, in the, the real lives of real people. Joe, I'm just happy to be connected. Again, it's all about connection, right? Like yes, sir. Uh, we were in a faith community uh, thing together. And I said, hey, is there anybody out here who thinks like I do? And you were the one who said, that's me. That's me, baby. And, like, that's <laughs> all it takes, right? Just yeah, to yeah. say, that's me. I'm here and I'm I'm with you. Like, yeah, that's what we're talking about. And I love wineskins. I love my connections. I love accidental tomatoes. I, I love you. I love all the work that we're doing individually and together. 
And uh, I just appreciate you and, and, and your time. Well, thanks, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to um, whether, whether it's on the podcast or not, looking forward to our next time to, to be in conversation together. Thanks a bunch, Chris. Thanks, Joe. So friends, before we sign off of this episode of the podcast, a little bonus content for you here. Chris um, has shared with us um, one of the tracks uh, off, off his album, um, Rolling Nation. And uh, so we want to give you all a chance to listen to um, a, a snippet, at least, uh, of um, the first single off the album. It's called Bringing Fire. So here's Chris Wiley, DJ Pastor Rock, Bringing Fire. Thanks so much uh, to Chris for for this uh, for this great album, for the work that that he's doing in the world, for um, for his passion for justice and liberation um, for folks with with disabilities uh, of all kinds. And I'm really grateful to, to call Chris a close friend and and to be um, even a little bit involved in this work that he's doing. As always, uh, as, if you're interested in more of what we're doing here at Accidental Tomatoes. Again, you can get every episode of the podcast as well as our every other week blog entry over at accidentaltomatoes.com. And you can find us across the social media world. We're at Accidental Tomatoes. If you have ideas or suggestions for future topics or guests, we'd love to hear from you. You can, again, find us on our website through social media or send us an email at accidentaltomatoes at gmail. Dot com. And again, if you'd like to give us some financial support, uh, that's always an opportunity that's available through our Patreon giving platform. Go to patreon.com slash accidental tomatoes to learn more. And so until next time, keep on growing outside the fences and join us again for another episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast. <laughs>